1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a beautiful lady. Her name is Candice Smiley. And I love that she wants to be referred to first and foremost as a mum and a podcaster. So uh, thank you very much, Candice, for joining
2: the show today. I am so glad to be here. So thank you so much.
1: Now, Candice, we spoke off air about what we were going to discuss in today's episode. And I, I love this uh, title that you've come up with, which is Trust the Niggle, Tell the Truth. So tell me what what made you come up with that as a sort of theme or title or subject for us to discuss today. And um, I would just like your 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 take on your story
2: um, to share with mm-hmm. the audience so they get to know a little bit about you and why you're doing what you're doing. For sure. Uh, yeah. So the trust, the niggle, tell the truth is sort of the theme in my life, um, these days. And, and frankly has been a theme in my life for a number of years. So, you know, I'm first and foremost, a mom, um, you know, I, I do podcasts, I'm online, I do the social, social media thing. And it's, it's been a lot of fun and it's really to design a life that supports me being a mom, being present, being at home. The trust, the niggle part is for me, the niggle is that annoying sensation. It's usually a truth that you know, right? It's trusting your gut. Um, if I look back on my life, Lynn, there's a ton of different opportunities when I could have made different decisions. Some were good, some were not so good. But a lot of times, you know, the challenges I ran into in my life were because I wasn't listening to my own self, uh, whether that was getting into wrong relationships or making some dumb decisions. And so I, I think about that a lot, that it takes a lot of courage to uh, acknowledge the niggle because it's usually an inconvenient truth. At least for me, it's like, mm-hmm. darn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? I did not want to think about this. This was not what I had planned. And, you know, I'm an A-type personality, so I have a plan. And then when my gut says, uh, maybe not quite the right plan, it's sometimes it's even hard for me to tell myself the truth, which is where the tell the truth part comes in, um, that I think I would have avoided a lot of heartache in my life, if I had listened to the niggle and then told myself the truth about what was. And so that's kind of where it comes from, because I think we can talk about a lot of things sort of under that umbrella um, from my own personal story. Um, And it's a real mission for me to help other women learn to listen to themselves and then find the courage to tell themselves the truth, because we can't tell anybody else the truth about who we are, what we want in life if we're not first honest with ourselves, which is really typically hard to do.
1: Absolutely, 100% agree. I can sort of totally resonate with with you uh, actually saying, you know, we need to listen to our gut and tell the truth, because um, quite often we are fully aware, aren't we, of the red flags that are being shown to us. But I think because quite often, especially women in particular, I think want to romanticise, especially relationships. Um, They don't want to admit that it might be failing (laughs) they stay in it a lot longer than what they should and maybe men too I'm sure
2: yep and my dad had a saying there it's um you know women can typically hear much better than we can think and I think that's been true for me not not just because of that but because also words of affirmation are my love language and I've known that and so sometimes you know you can hear those sweet nothings and and your gut's like wait whoa this doesn't match up okay right stop but we don't necessarily listen to that because like you say, we've romanticized whatever's happening rather than than being um, realistic uh, with ourselves. And then we're, we're t- typically very good, at least I haven't been um, before I did all the healing work at setting boundaries. For me, boundaries were very much um, a negative thing right? that I needed to erect after somebody had crossed them. But I've now learned that it's a really big gift of self-care and self-love. If you tell yourself the truth about what you want and where your boundaries lie and what that might look like and sort of go through some of those scenarios, good and not so good in your mind, so that then you can communicate your boundaries, you can know when you need to reinforce them. And I think to myself, you know, if I had done just that, you know, even if I'd gotten into relationships that weren't for my highest good. I probably would have recognized sooner and had, a, had an exit plan planned, right? Or powerful ways to communicate to really great people who were maybe not treating me the way that I wanted them to, but we teach people how to treat us, right? So how much of that was me not knowing how to say, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'd like. Does that work for you? So yeah, a lot of that.
1: I can totally resonate as well. You know, I, 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 can look back at some of my relationships and think to myself, you know, that um, I kidding myself that um, I was this, I suppose, this being of super love, you know, and super forgiving, even when when it comes to unacceptable behaviour. And I was trying to always um, justify it by saying, well, you're just being the bigger person, then, you know, by... Forgiving it, but not realizing actually, I was accepting behavior that wasn't
2: acceptable and had no boundaries at all. Right, and and I was I'm thinking about that like not even it's not not always a negative thing, but a couple of my last relationships after my uh, I left my marriage. Uh, you know, I wanted to have more children. That was I'd had one. I have a daughter. She's six and a half. Uh, light of my life. Very good at setting boundaries. Um, She's an extrovert. I'm an introvert, right? So, you know, that's been challenging, but a great opportunity for me to learn how to set boundaries. Um, And then I ended up dating some really great men who didn't want kids. And rather than, you know, me saying, well, you know what, this is kind of a a core thing for me and really important. So, thank you so much. I'm really grateful we got to hang out, but I really think this is important to me. Um, And I hadn't really like told myself the truth about that. Right. Even though that was important to me. And, um, you know, fast forward to where I am now, I'm in a great relationship and we welcomed a new baby five weeks ago. And, you know, it was a big deal uh, shortly after he was born for me to be like, I almost gave this up. Like I almost, you know, said this isn't important to me, but it is. And I mean, that's sort of a big issue, but I think it's very much, it was indicative for me of what I did in relationships. I got in and I let these little things slide. And we both know that life is not necessarily made up of the big moments. It's the little moments that add up (laughs) in terms of boundaries and asking for what we want and what we need.
1: And I think if you're listening to this, you know, as a member of the audience and you've ever said to yourself, if you're in a relationship or you've been in a past relationship where you know, you've spoke to yourself and said, I don't deserve this, that, that to me is wise words and your intuition telling you that, you know, you're, you're accepting unacceptable behavior.
2: Very, very, very much. Um, you know, I think I posted a quote on my Instagram that was like, when you, when you start to think you deserve better, you absolutely do. Um, the challenge with that is, um, is that sometimes it's not the whole relationship that needs to go out. It's just communicating a different way of um, behavior, right? And I think at least for me, it was challenging to say, hey, I need this to change. I didn't know I needed it to be different, but now I do. And I'd like to know if that's possible um, for us to you know, implement in our relationship. And I know for me, it was hard for me to stand up for me and say, this is what I need because a lot of what I had been taught um, as, a, as a woman certainly was, you know, be small, don't take up too much space, uh, this sort of thing. And I found that that uh, carried on into my romantic relationships for sure within my romantic relationships. So I was always the one that was like, you know, I'll come to you and don't worry about picking me up. I'll meet you there and we can go 50-50 rather than really showing up and saying, this is what I would love to experience in a relationship. And it wasn't until this last <laughs> relationship, the one I'm in right now, where my feminine balance coach was encouraging me show up, say what you want, and then let him respond. Um, and I was like, that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> Like yeah. I can do that. And that's not going to make me look like needy or demanding. And she was like, no, he'll probably really appreciate it. And I got to think, I was like, I bet you, you know, some of the other great men I had dated probably would have appreciated if I said, look, this is, this is really important to me. Can we honor that? I'm sure they would have said yes. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I think the reason that some of us are, are, are probably um, not necessarily afraid of communicating that. But uh, but for me personally, I I can remember as a child that whenever I said I want, my mom used to say I want, don't get. So I more or less had the words I want trained out of me. Because, right. you know, it was seen as being bad manners.
2: Yes. Yes. I think about that a lot too. Like I I love my mama. She is, oh my goodness. Like she is a powerhouse woman. She's my hero for sure. But one of the things I never saw from her was I never saw her get angry. I and mean, I've been really thinking about this recently, right? I saw very passive behavior, right? I saw a lot of frustration, but never this like, you know, raw, real feminine you know, like show up. And I've been thinking a lot about that, right? That I was raised as a nice girl. Do you know what the etymology of the word nice is? No, it means means stupid. Really? The etymology of the word nice is stupid.
1: And I was like, I don't want to be (laughs) a nice
2: girl, right? I don't want to date a nice boy. I would really like to date, you know, I want, wow. And so I've been thinking about some of these words right down to you know, I was describing my son as a good boy the other day. I'm like, I need to look at the etymology of the word good because I want to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think we create our world with our word. Right. And hence the tell ourselves the truth because, you know, out of our mouths come, come the truth. And and we can see the truth of, of who you are in the way you live your life. And since I've discovered this voice and I've learned how to communicate, even when maybe you'll appreciate this in this new relationship that I'm in, when i encounter something where i'm like wait i'm i'm not i'm not listening to what i want and i don't know how to communicate it and i i'll go to him and i'll say okay so and it's never eloquent because it's not all you know put together and i pride myself of relatively being able to communicate i'm like wait it's awful i haven't figured it out but this doesn't feel good and he'll laugh not at me but with me and he'll go okay, let's figure that out. <laughs> and it's it's just been delightful to be able to show up in the fullness of who I am, even if it's after the fact going, wait, I could do that differently. Can we, can we replay that conversation again? And it's made the relationship incredibly fun. Where in the past, I thought about working on a relationship as very tedious and very tiring. Whereas now I think about working on the relationship. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Like there are so many different parts of this that of course, everything bleeds into everything else in our lives. Right. And so if I can master it in one area, then maybe I can apply that somewhere else. And isn't that cool that I have this person, you know, you meet your person and the work continues. That's how it works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And I think sometimes we can be a bit afraid of um, speaking about also what we want because we don't want to rock the boat you know we think okay. um it's gonna excuse my language piss him off uh or yes. cause some conflict and um you know if you're somebody that's um not 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 wanting to be engaged in any conflict which I've always been a you know a people pleaser and, and hated conflict because I come from a background where my, ba- my parents were very very you know dysfunctional and had uh volatile arguments all the time so mm-hmm. I hated that so I, I'm being very, you know, passive and not wanting Mm -hmm. to be involved in any conflict, but actually by speaking about what you want, Mm -hmm. you know, he might not necessarily want to give it to you or he might not necessarily receive it well at the time. But to be honest, what I found is once I have found that voice and was able to say what I wanted, you know, there's a huge respect there from, from my partner around, wow. Yeah. You know what, you know, this, this, this girl has got boundaries and standards
2: and she values herself. And uh, I really respect that. No, I agree with you. I mean, right down to, so I did 14 weeks of healing that really sort of, you know, cement, I've been healing throughout my life, but sort of stumbling forward. <laughs> and then in 2020, I was able to, to pause and do 14 works of really, 14 weeks of really deep work And one of the things that I was encouraged by my feminine balance coach, so she was helping me sort of rediscover my feminine because I was very masculine energy because I needed to protect myself was I had never come into a physical relationship with a man without first being the one to start stuff. Okay. Without being very graphic, I'd never shown up and said, I would like to receive before I give. That was not something I'd ever said mostly because of the way I've been raised. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can do that. And so when I started seeing this fellow, I, and I I said things like that. I was like, I don't know how to say this without it being weird. <laughs> but I would like to. And his response was, sure, absolutely. It'd be a pleasure. And I was like, oh, well then. <laughs> you know, and, and I think about that, you know, just in that context, but how much other stuff, right? Like, the fact that I love that he pours my coffee, right? I mean, if I get there first, great. But it's it's an interesting space to be in because I set boundaries and said, well, I really like this. And I really like that. I didn't even know I liked that. That's so cool. And um, so, yeah, I, I want more women to experience that regardless of where they're at, whether it's a new relationship or an old relationship. I'm discovering that a lot of times when you just communicate, especially from that place in here, right, where it's honest, Regardless of how it comes out, people typically go, "Oh, yeah, sure, no problem." How do we make that happen?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've uh, you you often find that uh, men receive it really well. But even if they don't, they can, you know, once they've had time to um, sort of, I suppose, process it, they do actually respect that, you know. And I've actually been told that by my partner, you know, that even when he didn't receive it well initially that later on he you know after he processed it and had his time in his cave so to speak he he came back and he said you know i really respect you for saying what you said
2: yeah yeah i've discovered that too men are so great like that right they they (laughs) we as women we hold on to some of that stuff and we just hold and hold and hold but men are like okay that's cool processed you know they go into their nothing box and then they're good (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah. yeah, and sometimes we get worried about that. You know, men
1: withdraw, we we worry about the fact that they're withdrawn and we think we've done something wrong, but actually they're just processing. And mm-hmm. you know, once they've processed, they're fine, you know, they're, they're, they're good with it.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, it is um it's pretty magical. The um the fellow I'm with now, Mark, he's lovely. He had done a ton of work on his masculine, you know, reading books like the The Way of the Superior Man and some of these things, which really inspired, inspired him to to settle in, to figure out what being a man meant for him, which is great because as a woman, especially as a creative, passionate woman, you know, I I have these moments where it's a bit of a storm and it's not directly at anyone. It's nobody's fault. unless it's me in my head processing stuff and other men who were not nearly as grounded in who they were, got very much pulled into that, the drama that I was just, I was like, it's my drama. Just give me a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, he just he takes the storm as it comes, which is a beautiful thing to be received, as I am, and just accepted. Right? There's no, wow. <laughs> no pull into that. Yeah, it's it's been magical for sure.
1: So, can t- tell the audience a little bit about your story because um, I- I've got to know a little bit about you through um, and a third party that introduced this. But obviously, the audience don't know what your background is, and it'd be nice for you to share a little bit about you
2: and and your story. For sure. Um, You know, I grew up in a beautiful situation. Uh, I have an exceptional relationship with my parents. They homeschooled me. I grew up on a farm, um, very close with my family, and um, I lived very peaceful until about 17 when I was uh, sexually assaulted by a boyfriend. And that continued for a number of years uh, until I could find the courage to leave. And a large part of that, happened because I I don't know that I ever learned um, how to communicate that I was uncomfortable. So that's the whole boundaries conversation. I didn't know how to say, hey, I'm uncomfortable with what's happening here and, and the direction I think this is going. Um, I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. And of course, there was some gaslighting and all that kind of stuff in terms of, you know, that I had set it up in that particular way. Anyway, to make a long story short, I didn't necessarily do the work to heal from that, So I got out of that relationship and then we made some really dumb choices um, in terms of some partners moving forward. I don't think a lot of them were necessarily awful, um, but when you go into a relationship wounded, you know, not healed, and you haven't done the work on yourself, you tend to sort of bring all your stuff with you. And it has an effect on uh, your relationship fast forward a few years and, um, I got into another relationship with a person who was very narcissistic, who ended up leaving me with a ton of debt and the country and it was messy. And so there's been a lot of these moments in my life where I, I had to sort of come to the point and then really realize, you know, the only common ground with any of these people that I'd gotten into relationship with was myself. So I had to practice some radical acceptance um, and forgiveness, not necessarily of, of what happened with them, although that did come into play, but of myself. Because if I'm honest, there was certainly a niggle, right? As I would say, it a gut sensation that I shouldn't have gotten into the relationship with the first gentleman, um, that I should have gotten help sooner, right? Mm. Um, Same thing with any of the other guys that may not have been as positive. There was always a knowing, and I just ignored it. I ignored it because I wanted to, for whatever reason, we ignore (laughs) um, the niggle, right? Um, I ended up getting married and ended up leaving that a couple of years in. Um, Just because I kept repeating this pattern and I was upset, but I knew it was me. And then fast forward until last year. So 20 years after the sexual assault happened, um, the world was shutting down um, due to what was happening in the world. And I felt released to finally do the work on the personal healing. Now, I didn't really want to, because I was afraid if I went back and started dealing with some of the unhealed traumas that I knew were subconsciously running my life I was afraid i would never stop crying right that i would always feel wounded or you know that i was carrying this stuff forward and i'd done a lot of work right I, it wasn't like i had just ignored it i had learned good practices like journaling i had you know found better friends i had sort of been moving forward but sort of limping my way forward while i was living my life and i just did the 14 weeks of healing and it was incredibly wonderful to be able to say you know this is good um and i was i was less needing to receive the validation from the outside world. And I didn't approach my relationship with Mark with this whole thing of, you know, I'm damaged goods and this is what's happened and this is how it affects me. I didn't feel like I was walking into a new relationship with a minefield, right. Which is, was often how I felt before, right. There were, there would be triggers and I'd warn them about the triggers. And I just sort of set this whole stage versus when I showed up here, I just said, I'm, I'm healed. I'm re-embracing my feminine. I'm learning how to trust myself And then it's easier to trust other people or know if I can trust them or communicate and here's my boundaries. And um, it's been a delightful uh, experience in that. And of course in there, I became a mom six and a half years ago and then five weeks ago and having my children certainly inspired me to, to do a lot of the healing Um, because my relationship with them is very, I mean, it is the relationship, right? Um, And it's been magical to, Um, enter into the relationship with Mark without feeling like there was something hanging over my head. And, you know, I wish I had taken the time years before, you know, to, to do the work, because I think life may have had a a very different, (laughs) very different experiences. If I had done so, uh, even if I would gotten into the bad relationships, I probably would have gotten out of them faster because I would have been able to say, Nope, this isn't quite what I want. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my story in a nutshell, (laughs) lots of bad detours. I call them detours.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think to be honest, you know, when I've looked back on the relationships that I've had and, um, you know, all the lessons I've learned, I just think it's all meant to be, you know, because you can connect the dots once you're out of those relationships and see, you know, the reason why you was given that person to learn those lessons. And, um, you know, then obviously, you're in a position whereby you can share those lessons with others and help them to heal. And I do feel that has been, you know, the reason for my past and I'm sure that's what, probably what you're
2: thinking now for yourself. Very much so Lynn. I feel like, um, you know, there's that saying out there that, you know, our survival story becomes, you know, the roadmap for someone else. And I think that that's, that's true. And to be honest, when I was in some of the situations or getting out of some of the situations, I remember thinking, I have to figure out what's good about this. Like there has to be something good here (laughs) because otherwise I, I just felt mad, right? That another relationship had fallen apart or that I was dealing with some of the BS that I was dealing with. And I was like, nope, there has to be something good from this. And I used to tease, to be completely honest with you. And I said, someday I'm going to write a book about the men that I have dated because I've dated some very interesting people, uh, attracted some very interesting, and I'm saying interesting, um, you know, interesting air quotes, <laughs> mm. there were some lessons there for sure. And I've been joking that I'm going to write a book, you know, names and dates will be changed to protect identities, but some of the stories have just, they're, they're hilarious. And I think, well, that was, that was interesting. Um, and you know, I think a lot of the men were like, really? And I was like, Oh yeah, it's coming. And, um, <laughs> But I think, again, if we don't do the work and we don't talk about it, we all have the same experiences in one way, shape or another. And I think today we're looking for this common ground, right? Like you and I are very, very far apart in terms of where we live. And yet our stories are, we can find similarities in them and feel like, hey, hi, (laughs) we have something in common, (laughs) which is cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. We do have something in common because, you know I don't know what what you know or don't know about myself, but, you know, I'm a two times rape survivor and those events happened in my teens. So that massively impacted my future relationships. And I can mm-hmm. see how, you know, um, you know, the, the, the lessons I learned as a result of um, subsequently from literally having a period where I was that girl that was looking for the love through sex, I had a bit of a promiscuous phase. Mm-hmm as well as phases where I had unhealthy relationships, as well as phases where I had healthy relationships, but didn't feel worthy of themselves, self-sabotage them, to having a 23-year marriage with my ex-husband, whereby, you know, I was, I was, it was a happy, good relationship, but I was in that, you know, my heart was closed. And so there wasn't much in the way of passion or, you know, um, aliveness. So, yeah, it's been very, very interesting, my own personal journey, but... Look back on it all now as great lessons learned, you know, and was meant to be and um, can actually see those events that many people would perceive as negative as positive now.
2: Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, I, I think to myself, it it makes a great story and we as humans were meaning making machines, right? So we apply meaning to everything. And I think about that a lot that, you know, it was one circumstance or this happened And then I used it to hurt myself, right? Like you, I had a very promiscuous stage and there were some patterns that when I really got down to it, I was like, okay, so this situation happened and that sucked, right? And we need to do some healing around that. And then I proceeded to continue to hurt myself in these particular ways because I didn't feel worthy or I hadn't done the work, any of those things. And so it's not necessarily if I look back now, do I want to change them? No, but I do wish that I had had better self-care and could have been a better advocate for myself, because Mm. like I said, I may have gotten in bad situations, but I could have gotten myself out and supported myself more effectively. And that's, I think the biggest gift I want to give to myself now. Uh, You know, I'm still trying to get divorced um, from my, my, my former husband. And, you know, there's some challenges there, but now it's like, how can I support myself through this? The situation sucks. And how can I, you know, be better caring for my daughter? How can I, so it's a very different mindset now, um, as I'm going through some of these challenges which I probably wouldn't have had that same uh, perspective if I hadn't gone through what I what I had gone through and I'm kind of glad because I've needed some of those perspectives <laughs> to deal with current situations.
1: And, and as parents and as um, you know uh, educators uh, you know isn't it a failing of our school system and our you know our, our system of the learning parental skills that we aren't taught this either through our parents or through the school system you know these these tools of awareness that we've now got you know to help others heal
2: i agree completely um you know when are we taught about setting good boundaries we're not right when are we taught how to listen to ourselves when are we taught you know it's it's not woo -woo. it's 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 real and it's important um i think about For a long time, people didn't trust me because I didn't trust myself. And because that was so deep within me um, that my subconscious was screaming, right? I don't feel safe. I don't trust you. And so it was hard for me to make good friends. Like it was hard for me to, um, right? There was a lot of missing joy in that, which is not necessarily something we talk about. But I was like, if I'd had good boundaries, if I could have communicated with myself, um, rather than hiding in guilt and shame from my own self, right? Mm-hmm. That rather than, you know, wearing what happened like armor, right? And be like, this happened. So far, what I've discovered as I've been telling my story, um, whether it's the abuse or like whatever element that took, most people are like, wow, there, nobody is nobody is shaming me. And sometimes when I read my own bio and I think, wow, I, I kept making the same mistake over and over and over again. And there's a moment when I want to feel shame, I think, where does that come from? Well, the shame comes from the fact that I didn't do the work. I didn't do the healing. And so, yes, I kept making the same mistake over and over and over again. It was just another opportunity for me to to heal, to be whole again.
1: And you know what? We make those mistakes. And if you're listening to this and can resonate with a lot of what myself and Candice have been discussing then um, understand that you know you don't need to beat yourself up because we're not taught this stuff, you know, um, and that's why we are educating people around our own experiences because you know it isn't common to be brought up, uh, you know, or parented around this, or or as we've said, you know, uh, schooled in it in our education at school.
2: I agree, and um, y- you know. You didn't have the support, you know, from your parents. And as wonderful as my parents were, I didn't either. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think I've ever really been honest with them. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, they listened to a podcast or two. They might pick it up, but I think they'd be shocked um, that I. But I. I didn't know how to communicate it. I didn't know how to talk about the fact of what had just happened. I didn't have the language. Um, you know, it took me until last year when I did the healing to not sweep the sexual assault under the rug and say. You know, while I lost my innocence or, you know, my boyfriend wasn't very nice to me. And so I've got some issues. Like I sugarcoated that to myself until I finally looked in the mirror and went, this happened, this Mm -hmm. is what happened. And that was a big deal because it felt like I was finally able to show up with as much space and gravity that I needed to, rather than I had been carrying that so that if somebody heard the story and they knew him, They he wouldn't feel bad. And I was like, no, it's not about making anybody feel bad anymore. It's about me showing up and saying, this happened and it was significant. It is significant. And this is the reality of it. And I'm going to stand in that and take up as much freaking space as I need to with that. Because I'm done playing small to make you feel comfortable. This happened, period.
1: I I experienced similar, you know, I was 15 and 18 when my assaults took place and there were different guys at different times in my life. And, um, you know, I didn't tell anybody about it until I was 42.
2: Yeah. And this is what, this is what is so shocking to me. Like honestly, Lynn, I'm a little excited now, but it's so true that people, it takes us forever to verbalize it. Right. So when we're looking at some of those statistics about how often it happens, I'm like, Oh, that number is not anywhere close because it took me 20 years to talk about it. 20 years to say, I'm also a statistic. And this also happened. And it was really interesting to me. Um, recently somebody said, well, you know, you did this and that was not trustworthy. And I said, can I be honest with you? The reason this happened is because my boss was, was mentally making me want, like I was supposed to have sex with him in order for me to get what I wanted to move up. So I left the job in this way. I did this thing because I needed to get fired. Right? Like uh, I didn't know how to communicate that that was uncomfortable. And their face was like, excuse me. And I said, I know that's why like, I didn't know how to talk about that. So of course I was dishonest. I wasn't honest with what was going on. And they're like, you know what I mean? And I feel like if we can start to tell those stories, mm-hmm. it's okay to not know how to talk about it. It's okay to be like, I don't know what to do in the situation. Cause we don't get prepped for that. <laughs> like, where's the training to communicate this is a problem and I'm feeling bullied. And I don't right. I was like in my twenties when this happened, I still didn't have the language
1: no and it's uh, so essential for anybody listening to this now that resonates with what we're saying you know the first step is find the courage to talk about it because there's mm-hmm. so many people such as Candace and myself that can resonate and we've been through it we have peeled it and uh, we 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 like you can literally write a book about the subject so um <laughs> yes. yes we can yes we can <laughs> Candace any any more words of wisdom before we start to wrap up the episode
2: yeah, it's it's really important for me, Lynn, to to for the for the listener who, uh, you know, is thinking about things that that don't align with them, that they're out of integrity with, or that feel uncomfortable. Sometimes it's really really scary, um, to to do that, and there there's likely going to be impact. There always is impact, right? When you change how a relationship has been, whether that's romantic partner or work or whatever it is, there will be some impact. It will take some courage. Um, And it may not be easy. And I I really want to stress that so that we acknowledge that because I know that got in the way of me being honest for a very long time. Um, But I needed to become my own advocate. And, you know, you can take as long as you need to, to tell the story, but you will feel a ton of relief if you can start to start telling yourself the truth. That was a big shift for me when I needed to leave my marriage. I knew six days after my daughter was born that I needed to leave. I didn't know how I didn't know how to start talking about that. There was a lot of grief for me that I needed to go through. There was a lot of shame, right. That I couldn't even make this work um, and everything else. Um, But I started at least to tell myself the truth standing in the mirror. And I said, this isn't what I want. I need to start figuring out what I do want so that I can communicate with my, my partner, what I want. And then if that doesn't work, then, then I'll leave. Right. But I sort of, I had to start somewhere And with myself was the first place. And there was a lot of relief in that conversation. And I knew it wouldn't be easy. I knew I didn't have the words, but I was like, at least I've made that decision that I'd like to change it, even if I don't know how. And then I can remember looking in the mirror and thinking, but first I'm going to lose this, you know, 50 pounds of baby weight. Like I'm going to do that first, because for me, the, the bigger concept the having the big conversation, the telling the truth part felt so overwhelming that I didn't, now that I knew it was a problem, I didn't know what to do about the problem, right? Now <laughs> that I was telling myself the truth, but losing the weight, I was like, I can start there. I can do that. <laughs> and then somewhere along the way, you know, that increased my confidence and this sort of thing. And it took me two and a half years before I finally sat my ex-husband down to say, this isn't working. And we know that. And I'm really glad at the time I felt bad that I I didn't have the courage to just make change. I didn't know how to. But looking back now, I'm like, that was a really big gift I gave myself to work it through, to do the process, to, you know, go read a couple personal development books, learn how to communicate, take better care of myself. Because when we had the conversation, there wasn't a lot of drama there. There was, you know, sadness for sure. But I think about that and think, I wonder if I'd done that earlier with some of the other uncomfortable situations. So it wasn't about having a conversation with anybody else. making big change and the moment I made the decision it was about taking care of me by telling myself the truth and so if there's anything I can leave the listeners with is just start there because the people the resources the knowledge that stuff will come but you got to start telling yourself the truth first and get open to that and then everything else you need will show up
1: absolutely there's a saying isn't there when the student is ready the master yeah. or the teacher will appear. So very yes. wise words there. Thank you for sharing that, Candice. Thank you. And for those that would like to get in touch with you, Candice, what is your best contact information?
2: Uh, the easiest is I have to find me on Instagram, which is just Candice Creation. Um, and Candice is but with an I-C-E, so Candice Creation uh, on Instagram. And um, People can follow me along there. I communicate pretty honestly about some of the stuff we've talked about here. Uh, and of course my website, which is com, and uh, everything sort of connects from there. And um, yeah, that would be awesome.
1: Excellent. Well, thank
2: you so much again for sharing
1: your personal story and uh, your insights and fabulous advice around you know telling the truth first and foremost. And I, I love the, the uh, title that you gave as a suggested episode and uh, trust the niggle tell the truth. <laughs> and that's, that, that says it all for anybody that's listening. Trust the niggle. So thank you very much again, Candice, for your excellent contribution to this
2: week's show. Thank you so much for having me. I, I absolutely love this conversation.
1: Yes, me too. So it just leaves me to say, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks
0: for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast.